1: Ladies and gentlemen, my name is John Keller from the Film Consulting and Promoting Initiative Felix Models Society. Now, let's start the show. This is Anthony Alex from the Angry Mailman podcast, and you're listening to another fine show from the From Page to Screen Media Empire. Hey guys, this is Ace Marrero from the movie Madison County. Hi, this is David L G Hughes, writer-director of the film Hall Bull Suites. I love the pace and the fastness, and I love the fact that you just roll with it. Hi, I'm Eric England, the director of Contracted. Hi, I'm David the writer-director of Obligation. My name is
2: Nathan Whitehead, and I wrote the music for Beyond Skyline. Hello, Stuart. Just a quick hello from Sarah Douglas. Hi, this is Ben Holmes from the film The Expedition. This is Dominic Burns, the director of Allies. Hey, Stuart.
0: Page the screen.com up in my blog, please. Sneak. Get up to my motorcycle, running and tracking off the of motherfucking Genius. With Dom, Ian Peter, and pussy.
1: I'm Neil Johnson. I directed *Rogue Warrior* and *The Time War*, and I crucified Adolf Hitler. The from page to screen Hello.
0: Good evening. We've got no Bob tonight, so it's just me and you.
1: Hello, me and you.
0: Hello. How are you doing? <laughs> it's uh, I'm all right. I think I'm alright. I'm tired. <laughs> just I finished work twelve hours ago. <laughs> It's there. I've got
1: aches and pains.
0: Oh no. Just getting old, getting old and I don't know, I think we need to take up yoga or something. Mm. Who knows?
1: I'd like to see me in a yoga pose actually, that'd be funny. <laughs> you
0: should run a kick, run a Kickstarter for it.
1: If
0: you hit a certain target, there will be a picture of you in a, a yoga Leotard. So how <laughs> have you been since the last time? It's been a couple of weeks, isn't it?
1: Not too bad. Um as you quickly heard the other day, I was involved in a, in a slight collision, road traffic accident. Um, I wasn't to blame. Um, somebody ran into the back of us. Um, so I think that's where some of my aches and pains are coming from at the moment.
0: Yeah, So the body acted as a shock absorber.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Um, and apparently... Um, if, if anything's happened, it's supposed to get kind of worse over the first kind of two or three days. So I'm pretty much like, what, a, a day and a half into it. Oh, God. Um, and, uh, yeah, today I've been feeling it, whereas yesterday when it happened, it, I, I felt better than I did today.
0: <laughs> yeah, I suppose that's the thing, isn't it? Your body sort of tenses up, and if, if parts do swell up, then when they start well i don't know i don't know how the body works but yeah it's not an instant pain is it
1: well exactly so uh hopefully you know a couple of days time or, or whatever it'll all blown over and i'll be back to normal that'd I, be I, yeah that'd I, be nice
0: how's the car obviously um, you know everybody who was in the car is okay other than a, a few sort yeah. of shocks and whatnot but
1: um the the car needs um, some body work so uh the insurance company is uh, getting all that sorted and booking it in for um, repairs. Uh, definitely needs a new um, back bumper, yeah. and um, there's things like kind of um, light casings broken, that kind of stuff. And yeah. um, but who knows, kind of, kind of what's in there if if anything else needs work. I suppose they'll find out when they start taking things off.
0: Yeah, do will do. Just that's just in case you didn't know enough going on in the world. Well, exactly. Uh, throw a little car collision in there as well, just to spice things up for you.
1: Like a- after you get over it, and you know, every, everybody's fine, which is the important thing. Yeah, it's the the days of dealing with everything that really take its toll,
0: isn't it? It's so, like you know how long you spend it on hold with various phone calls and finding paperwork that you need to find and all that sort of craziness.
1: Yeah, so everything else pretty much goes out the window.
0: Yeah, pretty much. So but everybody's okay. How about you? So that's good. I'm tired of yeah. um, this is my first day sort of where I've not been working. So it's mm-hmm. um, I've come to realisation when it's the four days on, it's a case of work sleep, work, sleep, work, sleep, nothing else. You know? yeah. Maybe I think I managed to fire out a few little tweets here and there, but other than that, nothing at all. Um, so now it's just the sort of relaxing and catching up on everything else that I need to How- do. So it's pretty good.
1: How's the transition happening? Are you finding it easy to go like kind of four days where you're awake at night and sleeping in the day and then kind of flipping the other side uh, when you're off?
0: Easy. It was, um, I mean, when I'm on nights, we start at nine o'clock at night, finish at eight o'clock in the morning. So we will obviously not go to sleep during those hours. So we'll get home, we'll go to sleep at nine o'clock in the morning and then get up maybe four o'clock in the afternoon. Gives us a, a few hours to just sort of acclimatize to it. On the final day, which it was today, we um, we got home at 9 o'clock. We went to bed for three hours. I think I went for four. So I got up at 1 o'clock. So it's not a full night's sleep. Um, but then I will stay awake until about 10 o'clock tonight. And mm. I'll be tired then because I've only had four hours of sleep in the past two days. And then yep. I will sleep and I'll get up at 8 o'clock tomorrow morning and so on. And then on the final day, you know we'll get up at 10 o'clock in the morning or whatever. Um, just laze around, watch TV, catch up on a few films, not expel any energy whatsoever, and <laughs> then go to work at nine o'clock that night, and then be tired at the end of the shift. So, no, sort of knocking the body clock back into routine. It's yeah. not that difficult, actually. I think the worst thing you could probably do is to come home on the final day and go to sleep for eight hours. Yeah. Because then you'd wake up and you would be awake till six in the morning, and then you would just <laughs> never, you never get the benefit. So, I think the, the key is to have a bit of a nap get up, and then just have a quiet day. So we tend to do that. It's like the, the, the last day, or rather the first day of the days off, we have a quiet day, we just mooch around and watch TV. And then the day when we do go back into work, on the first day of the new shifts, we sort of do similar. So, it's
1: not too mm. bad though. You so, should probably uh, sell that formula to somebody. I'm sure there's lots of people who suffer from uh, not being able to adjust. So. Yeah,
0: it kind of works. It's interesting to listen to people who work nights Um where I am now, and I've been doing it for a while, some guy will finish at 9 o'clock, the guy that sits next to me, and he will stay up until about half 12, and then he'll go to bed, and then he'll get up about an hour before he's due to start work, which is probably the the way you would do it if you had a you know, day job type thing. Yeah. But for me, no. I think 11 hours sitting in front of a computer screen, I don't want to come home and watch television or no. stare at another computer screen. I need to just come home and switch the brain off, so but no it's, it works definitely Good. works
1: and uh yeah i'm i'm quite alright with it and you you're still enjoying the uh the fact that you get the four days yeah yeah
0: definitely cuz it's kind of like i um i'm shooting the with some meme updates uh april the 13th 14th i think whatever the weekend is there i'm shooting the teaser trailers and the, the photos to then turn into a poster which uh, in June, I'm then shooting the, the actual first Mimi film. Mm-hmm. And trying to get holidays off on a on a weekday or a, a day shift is going kind to of be difficult, as you know. You try and mm-hmm. book time off to like, no, nope, sorry, need you. It's a lot easier on nights ah. for some reason. So if I book four days off, which I have done in April at one point, I've booked four holiday days off which then gives me 12 days off because it's in the middle of two yep. blocks of four. So the time off is a lot better. So mm. I am all right with it. It's pretty good. Sounds good. Mm, not too bad at all. So uh, yeah, Bob's on late this week. That's why he can't make it. So we're going to shelve the geek moments of our lives until all three of us are back again. Because I know Bob's probably been working on his list of seventy-five different things. <laughs> um, to be honest, I've not really finalised my list. So I know you haven't. I don't know nope. whether you've finalised yours, but
1: uh, I not know last at time I
0: spoke, you hadn't. You were working on it. Yeah. But how difficult are you finding it? I'm finding it pretty difficult not to come up with things but just to narrow it down
1: you see there's some things for me that are really easy it's it's like yep yeah, that's that's definitely on there and i'm sure the same for you i think I, well i in my own mind i've got an, an idea of some of the things that might be on your list right. um but then there's others yeah that that it can be kind of really tough with um so hmm, it'll be interesting anyway
0: because I feel bad for the things that aren't on my list. That's the problem I've got. So it's like, if I have five things, then all five of those definitely deserve to be on my list. But there's also probably another 155 things mm-hmm. that should also be on that list, because they oh, mean a lot to me. But So this whole, let's narrow it down to five, it's shooting me in the leg, just like you know, it was meant to take out Bob's list of uh, 47 honourable mentions type thing. But it's yeah,
1: it's, it's a difficult one. You see, I, I think the secret of this, li- this list uh, that we'll come up with is to kind of bend it to work for you a little bit. So, if you were going to say, I don't know, I, I went to uh, a comic con in London and it was they got a great lineup, um, and I met I don't know um, some famous star. Yeah. That you know, and then you're thinking, but I also they had this other famous star that I really liked. We'll just say. That my, my best geek moment was the day I went to that comic con and X Y and Z. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, it's yeah, bending it to your uh, your own advantage.
0: So I could effectively say one of my geek moments is sci-fi worlds in general, <laughs> 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 because and because that takes into account the sort of twenty-two panels or whatever it is that I've hosted, well, exactly. and and all the guests around on the uh, on those. <laughs> I've spent part of this week as well listening to some of the panels that I did last year because mm-hmm. um, I took the video, you know, it was all captured on video and stuff, and I stripped the audio off it, stuck it on my iPod, and went to work. So at like three in the morning, I'm listening to me chatting with Murray MacArthur and then me chatting with Zara Fithian and Clem Saw, so, and then me chatting with Neil Johnson and Virginia Hay. <laughs> well, I'm sitting there at work, and I'm like, I, I hope this doesn't come across as egotistical. But what, <laughs> the reason I was doing it is, A, because I hadn't listened to them since I was there doing them, but I also wanted to check the noise levels, because I think some of them would make amazing podcasts. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I, I just don't have the time to listen to, like, two hours' worth of panels at home at the Mm -hmm. minute. However, I could take them to work and I could have listened to them there, so I did. So, Mm. that was, um, I'm definitely multitasking at work. Sounds good. The geek thing, I think, is quite difficult because it's like, instantly I went to the way you were thinking, where it's like, what famous people have I met? What's what's the five coolest ones that I've met? Who are they? And then I thought, no, but I've done more. I've made a film, I've written a Mm -hmm. book, which is not not published, but I wrote one. Um, I've done photography, I've I've done San Diego Comic Con. Mm-hmm. Um, I've you know Neil Johnson and uh, Tracy all, and uh, they, were, they were sat in my living room last week. So that's kind of cool <laughs> and geeky moment. And I've, oh yeah, so it's like, damn, I need to just really narrow this down. So I'm, yeah, I'm struggling. I'm quite glad Bob's not here because then we can do mm-hmm. it
1: next week. Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, Mimi, that's a cool geek moment for me, but I don't know. I, I'm definitely I'm struggling on this one.
1: I think that's the thing that there are so many kind of things that can be classed as a geek moment
2: yeah.
1: that um, it, it is definitely going to be difficult, especially with the, the amount, like you say, you know, it's alright right, if you're Bob and you're going to come along and you say, here's my list of 192 mm-hmm. um, but, you know, when you're actually sticking within the rules of how many we should choose <laughs> yeah, exactly. then things get a bit tougher
0: they do, too. so I'll be interested to see what's on your list and I'll be interested to see what's on mine because I genuinely I don't know at the minute, mm. having a clue. So uh, I've got a few bits of news. Virginia Hayes leaving Facebook again. Have you seen that?
1: Yes, uh, I have heard the news. Uh, why she do that? I don't get it. I, I know, like, and, and like obviously she's not on Twitter anymore either. No,
0: it's, it's to me it's kind of. I'm I'm such an advocate of Twitter. I think it's great. I think for film geeks and mm-hmm. publicity side of things, it's amazing. I don't understand why people aren't on it. It's, it's bizarre. I don't get paid by Twitter. I wish I did. But it's like if I do an article, it, for me, it feels like if I'm in the forest and nobody's there to hear me shout, does it really mm-hmm. count? Does do, do I actually make a noise? So if I put an article out about Virginia Hay on Twitter but she doesn't see it does it really exist what's the point point? Mm. <laughs> and that's kind of the way that i'm thinking it's like it's a bit odd but i did see her posting and it it kind of made, she's nearly 70 that woman mm-hmm. i didn't know she was nearly 70
1: um
0: but and that's she, all
1: these uh, natural um kind of products that she makes and uses
0: which she used to make because if you look at the new posting she's not going to be doing that anymore
1: Oh, that's going as well. That's
0: going as well. She's oh no. she's very tired because, and I'm not not bashing Virginia here by any means. Because it took, you read the posting and you start off, you're like, "What are you playing at? Why are you leaving?" And then by the end of it, you go, Do "You know what? I could see why you want a rest." Mm-hmm. Actually, I, I totally understand why why you might be taking a sort of digital detox type thing. And she goes on about she's you know carrying all these convention supplies up and down stairs and this that and the other and there's nobody really there to help her and I go, do you know what, I never even thought of that and I've seen her lugging those suitcases mm-hmm. bless her, she does it um, I would happily take the job of being Virginia's luggage carrier I think, for you know, for a few signed photos and stuff So, mm. um, but yeah, she did say that she's attending a few more conventions then, I think she's taken a step back, I think Oh no! But I'd be kind of lost if I wasn't doing the film stuff. I don't know what I'd do. I'd be bored out of my head.
1: And and you might find that that is the case with with Virginia. Um, so who knows? But if she is stepping back from the the soap making and everything, get your orders in now while you still can.
0: In there, I'd still want to get that signed bar of soap from Virginia Hay. <laughs> so, but how do you ask for one if she's leaving Facebook or, and she's leaving Twitter? So I suppose uh, she's still got her Etsy store. So.
1: VirginiaHay.com.
0: Well, she got a website. There she has go. indeed. Well, hopefully, she doesn't shut that down because that would be sad. So, um, do you want to hear my very cool Mimi The Dice of Three story? Okay. It's very strange. And it's the very dice genuine. dice of three. The dice, that's what I've called it. Um, and it will make sense when you've heard it. I told Bob it over the phone the other day. I thought, I was going to save it for the podcast, but he's not on it tonight. So therefore, you know, he wouldn't have heard the story anyway. Mm. And he's too busy reading books to listen to podcasts anyway. So <laughs> that's it. Um, Annette and I decided, right, we, for the last block of four that we're off, we don't want to just sit on a couch and stare at Netflix. We need to actually start getting out doing stuff. Mm-hmm. So last week the weather was quite nice. So I don't know what it was like down there but it was there was two days where the sun came out up here and it was quite pleasant.
1: So yeah, we have had a, a few nice days and then uh, we've had um, torrential rain and storms. <laughs> Storm Maya, I <apparently, laughs> that's what it's called. Um, so West fr- Storm Mimi.
0: Well, that's that's, uh, what we need. that's coming out probably on uh, many review sites once the film comes <laughs> out. I'm, I'm guessing. So there is Probably about 10 minutes up the road from where we live, there's a really nice reservoir. Okay. Um, pretty big, and it's, tree, you know, it's typical. It's, there's grass all around it. And there's trees everywhere and stuff. Water. and yeah, Water. There's a you know, yes. bit of water and stuff. And Mimi's mum goes jogging around that reservoir. So when I was chatting to her the other month, she mentioned that she goes jogging around this reservoir. I said, well, I want to shoot. Like I want to do a photo shoot up there, because it's like 10 minutes from the house. Mm-hmm. Be great. I said, oh, I want to do a shot of... Of Mimi sitting up against a tree, and I gave her the idea for the teaser trailer. And I'm like, This is when she went, Oh my god, that's amazing, we're gonna do it. So I'm like, Okay, um, I keep waiting for the day when she's like, That's an awful idea, don't do that. <laughs> so far, she seems to like every idea I come out with, so bless her, I'm quite happy with that so far. And um so I said to Annette, I said, Well, I've not been out with a new camera yet, and I still didn't go out with a new camera because I ended up just taking my phone instead, yeah. And, um, I said, I want to go up there and I want to find out if that little block of trees that I could see, if we can get to it. Because what I don't want to do is show up in April with yeah. Mimi and the whole crew and go, Oh, you can't even get to those trees. That's that's that idea down the <laughs> path. So let's just go for a walk around the reservoir and I wanna see if we can get to those trees. So okay. So we walked round and we got to where the trees were and it was a like a brick wall that we'd probably have to skip over in order to get to the actual trees. Okay. So Um, there's a set of dice in the Mimi stories which are relevant in all three films and will become relevant more so if we end up doing adult Mimi. And I don't mean like adult in that weird sense. I mean sort of when Mimi is an adult, when when she's all grown up. um, Just sort of, yeah, police don't need to knock on my door. And these dice are relevant sort of plot things mm-hmm. so I'd sort of gone back to the first three Mimi scripts and I'd put the dice in there in a very subtle way sometimes they're just sitting on a shelf other times they come into play in the storyline so I'd taken these dice in my pocket while we walked around this thing I thought you know what I might get a shot of the dice just at the base of the tree just to, mm-hmm. like it'd look cool on a poster wouldn't it you got a tree you've yeah got Mimi you got a set of dice it's like that's kind of cool so I took them with me and, Sounds um, all
1: very nice, you know, as a kid playing a game. Yeah, exactly.
0: You know, you decide a, how to kill somebody with a set of dice. It's great. <laughs> and um, so I put these dice on a typical, you know, you know one of these farmyard walls where they're mm-hmm. just obviously made of big rocks that they found. So it's not like a, yep. a proper brick wall, but sort of a,
1: a rock Like wall. a dry stone wall kind of thing. Or, yeah.
0: yeah. So I said to Annette, I said, right, I'm going to put these dice on this wall with the tree as the backdrop, and I'm going to take a picture, and I'm going to make it black and white, it's going to look great, and the dice will be in focus, and everything else will be out of focus. So I'm just doing this on the Samsung phone. So Mm -hmm. thank you, Samsung. And um, I thought, right, just give me a number. So I said, Annette, give me a number so I can put these two dice. She went, three. So I'm like, okay, why three? She went, it's my lucky number. I'm like, okay. I said, three also works, because it's going to be a trilogy.
2: So Mm -hmm.
0: yeah, let's do three. So I um, I put one of the dice as a one, Another one is a two. I put them in shot, took a few shots, put the dice back in my pocket, and we toddled off to carry on walking around some of this reservoir. Then we decided, right, we're bored of walking now because it's tiring. So let's go back. And what I'm going to try and do is see if I can actually hop over that wall and get to the tree. Because mm-hmm. if we can't get over the, the wall to the tree, you know, we need to work out another way to do it. So I skipped over this wall and I was crouched in front of this tree. I thought, I know what would look really, really cool is if I can throw the dice up in the air and get a picture of them falling in front of the tree. I thought, mm-hmm. well, I'm going to give it a go. One shot deal, right, okay. So I had the dice in one hand, the Samsung in the other hand, on still image, so it wasn't video, because that you could cheat with that. Mm-hmm. I threw the dice up and click, 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 click. click. Think yeah. I think we got about six shots off and then the dice hit the ground. So I picked the dice up, put them in my pocket and we went on. Yeah. Um, one shot of the dice came out Okay. So every other shot of the tree, there was no dice in it. The dice were either above the lens or had would already hit the ground. So was mm-hmm. one shot. And I zoomed in on the dice. Dice number one was showing a three. And mm-hmm. I'm like, that's really weird because it was a three thing. And dice number two also showed a three. <laughs> it's like the rules of threes. And I know some people will go, that's a six. But no, <laughs> the dice do actually show threes. So I like posted that picture on Instagram and Twitter and stuff. So that, yeah, the movie gods do seem to be smiling.
1: Sounds good.
0: So there you are, and it's quite a cool shot as well. If you have a look at it, it's it does look pretty nifty. Not bad considering it was just taken from a phone. So I'm all right. My uh, my camera skills are coming back to me a little bit.
1: Like it, it could have been really creepy, you know, and. The, the first um, number you said six, and then the odds came out six, six as well.
0: Yes, exactly. Especially <laughs> if it'd been three dice. Yeah. go back up and do it again. Comes out six, six, six. So, my uh, throwing dice skills and photography skills are doing a little bit better than my Indiegogo crowdfunding skills. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's uh, currently in 110 quid out of 500, but I'm all right with that because I'm not hammering it. Mm-hmm. I just thought, you know, the location price has gone up a little bit. Because of the time, I'm trying to get it in June rather than April. So I thought, do you know yeah. what, I will I will open a campaign, and I will if people chuck in, they chuck in. If they don't, they don't. Um, whatever I get goes towards the location anyway. So I'm all right with that. So um, one of our um, and I say this in a very light hearted, genuine, happy way. One of our stalkers, Carol, who's always tweeting us mm-hmm. on Twitter, she's donated. And, um, hi, Carol. Hi thank Carol. you for the donation. She will be listening at some point. Uh, so she will get a thank you credit on the film. Uh, and John Shelton, who's also a filmmaker himself, he's donated as well, so
1: I'm Very quite good.
0: happy with that.
2: That's
1: what we uh, like to hear.
0: We do indeed, but you know my feelings on crowdfunding? I hate I it. I do indeed. I absolutely hate it. <laughs> so, yeah, what have you been up to? Um, um, pff, other than car accidents and stuff? Yeah,
1: um, not much. Um, I... Had a few days off from the day job during half-term, and we um, headed over to Stoke, which is where I'm originally from, if people don't know. Um, and we did family stuff, so we went swimming. We went to um, um, a nice place in um, Stoke called Trentham Gardens, which is like kind of um, old Victorian gardens and Italian garden place as well, and all kind of boutique-y um, shops in that you wouldn't find in on the high street um we went to a soft play place and met up with um, retro g who uh, we've had on in the past We um yeah just did kind of fun family holiday type stuff
0: digital detoxing as well by so it seems to be a phrase now i (laughs) heard somebody use that phrase i'm like do you know what yeah i like that
1: yeah no computer um minimal phone Yep. so it was nice it was it was nice
0: do you miss it though? You know when you're away from it, I know you've got you're probably similar to me where you've got so much stuff that you need to do that's mm-hmm. computer based and you feel the need to get a hold on as soon as possible. But what what's your thoughts when you're away from it? Do you miss it or are you you quite happy being away from it?
1: To be honest, I'm quite happy to be away from it. <laughs> um when I started working in kind of the um the the web industry many many years ago um, I instantly started taking a disliking to um, the internet in my spare time. You know, so, for example, now I can be on Facebook, maybe in my day job, um, 90% of the day. Do right. I want to look at Facebook when I get home? Nope, no, not really. Not at all. So, um, so when it comes around to things like sci-fi whales and, and that kind of stuff, it just, um, it's one of those things that has to be done. Um, I don't necessarily enjoy it, but... Um, you know these things um, are there and, and and need using.
0: So here's a question. Uh, this is somebody was uh, trying to set a podcast interview up for somebody, and the the person that's representing this this actor, messaged mm-hmm. me and she said, uh, "Brilliant, we'll we'll sort this out. Uh, can you just give me a list of questions that you will be asking <laughs> him?" And I went back and went, I, "You know what? I don't ever have a list." But don't worry about it. They will always enjoy the conversation. But I don't know what I'm going to say until I come up with it. Which yeah. is one of these questions I've given you as well. So you've uh, you've organized several conventions. What's yes. your what's your favourite bit of it?
1: Of uh, the organizing. Yeah. Um
0: If you've got one or or, or what are your favourite bits if that happens to be more than one?
1: Um obviously it's it's lovely kind of um getting to chat to the celebrities, I think, you know, a lot of people think, oh, that's, that's a good thing. It's also very, very time consuming. Yep. You know, you you can spend months and months kind of conversing with somebody just to get them to say, yep, I'm coming to the event because they, they live such busy lives. So whilst it is enjoyable, it can be extremely frustrating. Um, the other things, you know, one of the nicest bits is, is that, is kind of the very first bit of your first event where you find a venue or you're looking for a venue and you, you then find your venue and you get to do that whole kind of looking around and this is your first time in a building or in, in one of the rooms or it's, it's really nice um, to actually do that. Yeah. Um, Cause it then, was
0: weird. I remember, I mean, at some point I need to put together a, just for you is the extended version of the sci-fi Wales comic Con type thing. Cause there's so <laughs> much stuff that we shot yeah that just you know for obvious reasons didn't go into the experience in comic-con thing there's the whole walkthrough of pretty much the entire venue Mm -hmm. there's that uh there's there's like a half hour interview that we did or a conversation that we did which was all filmed Mm -hmm. there's tons it'd be nice for you to have that in your
1: vault i think wouldn't it yeah it's it's you know that kind of stuff is is really nice um and to be honest, there's there's nothing that I would actually say I don't enjoy doing. Um, the thing that I always find is there just isn't enough time to get everything done that you want to get done. Yeah. So there's always stuff that you think, well, you know, it would have been nice if I got a bit extra time on this or a bit extra time on that. But obviously when you're doing a day job and you are doing this pretty much single-handedly, obviously with the help of kind people like yourself, um, you know, it's it's one of those things that you know takes its toll, and time does play a big part because you don't have all day every day like some of the bigger um, kind of convention organisers are, are lucky to have because they, they work on it full time as their job.
0: Yeah, they have teams, teams yeah. of people. They actually teams that are there. <laughs> well, I think just, it's yeah.
1: it might be the Showmasters website. Um, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but um, at least the older Showmasters website and there's, there's like kind of about us and our story and it goes on to say um originally when we first started it was just a team of three of us working on the event yep. um and um you know that that was you know very and this you know they said how hard it was back then uh, with three of them working on it full time and now there's uh, even more and I was thinking oh, I'd love three people working on this full time <laughs>
0: it? And your sort of website would be and then after so many years we increased and we had a team of three because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> effectively I know you've got people who are supporting you like Nicole and your parents and stuff like that mm-hmm. but effectively it's you and I've yeah. seen that first hand uh, I'm a member sort of Sci-Fi Wales year one um, I don't know which was the easiest one for you to organise from from an outside point of view um, I think probably. Do you think number two? Or um, has there been one that sticks out where you're like, do you know what? That was the most difficult one.
1: Daft as it sounds, and it, it is. It does sound daft. I think the easiest one was the first one. Yeah, and it's because um, I had over twelve months to arrange it. I knew it was going ahead. You know. It was planned well in advance. So there was a lot of time given there. Obviously, after the first one happens and you're doing them once a year, you've only got 12 months then. Yeah, true. So the first one was actually easier than the rest. Um, With a team of two or three, who knows?
0: (laughs) Exactly. Rule the world. I'd probably put my feet up. (laughs) But I remember sort of you're doing Sci Fi Wheels 1. You're Mm. not. I don't want to use the word suffering, in the after effects, but you've no after effects of the previous event, then, have you? No. You know, because probably like a month or two after an event, you're recovering from that event. So yeah, that it, takes it, it down to 10 months that you've got to actually. Well, be the exactly. Because
1: obviously, um, they, they happen in September. Um, I usually find um, myself thinking, I give myself till Christmas. To, to wind down and not spend a lot of time on it and then christmas happens and you think oh my god the next one's gonna be here yeah so yeah it's it it takes its toll but it's it's fun it's a good experience obviously it's not for everybody um i'm one of those people um i arrange my own wedding i really enjoyed doing it I, I think event planning's obviously my blood and there's other people who kind of think of organizing a wedding i think oh my god i could never do that but um yeah i think it depends what kind of person you are but you know um and there are little things that keep you going obviously like you say family friends yourself Um, yeah
0: nice friendly tweets yeah you know not people bleating and mourning about Oh, why did you have that one thing there that I don't like? Uh, did you see all the other things that you did like? Yes, but I'm yes. going to focus on the one thing I didn't.
1: I'm not coming back <laughs> because you've got wrestling.
0: What's wrestling got yes. to do with sci-fi whales? I don't know.
1: <laughs> well. And,
0: uh, but it uh, doesn't matter, you know. it's like
1: The fact do? that the picture of Darth Vader doing a force choke on a wrestler who still do the rounds to this day at Sci-Fi Wales, that to me makes it all worthwhile.
0: Exactly. It's like, do you know what? This is a sci-fi convention. It's not Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, which have you seen, have you seen that? You, you would love to go no. there, but I bet it's stupidly expensive.
2: Oh, no, no. Uh,
0: it is, I think it's Universal, it's definitely in LA or something, and it is um, effectively a Star Wars land that you go to so it's a star wars hotel everybody's in character all this sort of a bit stupidly expensive and they're currently building it at the minute and it's called star wars galaxy's edge so you go sounds
1: fantastic
0: go to google later on it's probably one of these is like five hundred dollars a night or something stupid but
1: my crowdfunding page will be up soon
0: sci-fi news will be applying for press passes anytime soon (laughs) So, uh, I also found out listening to a podcast as well that avatar 2 and 3 are nearly finished really so that we are actually going to get them i was having doubts i thought this is going to happen about as much as brexit's going to happen but james cameron was giving an interview and somebody said like how you know what's the status of 2 and 3 he said all the principal principal photography all the live action stuff mm-hmm. for number 2 number 3 has been shot it's done Ooh. he said all i've got now is 5 months to do the visual stuff so we are actually getting them I don't know whether I'm excited about them or not, but, you know, I'll probably watch them.
1: Yeah, you know, obviously there's a lot of hype on the first one. Um, we own it here. Um, we enjoyed it when it came out. Um, but a lot of time has passed since that.
0: Uh, you know, 10 years, isn't it?
1: Yeah, you know, so oh, I don't know. It's one of those things that that there there is um, too long to wait and you know that kind of the the hype and the uh anticipation fizzles away and um but but we'll see i'm sure sure when it comes out actually people will love it and go to the cinema and it's in droves to see it
0: i think the only saving grace and this was something that I'd, i heard somebody mention as well so i'm stealing their phrase has there ever been a james cameron film that you go into and you go that was awful Mm. That was terrible. No. I mean, I I enjoyed Avatar when I saw it. I've not really felt the need to rush off and watch it again, but I do own it on uh, like a three-disc DVD with all different versions and stuff on it. So Mm -hmm. I will watch again at some point, but I I can't remember a James Cameron thing that's terrible.
1: No. They're all
0: okay for whatever reason. They're all worth watching at least once, so...
1: At the moment, I've got this issue with um, I, I'm looking through films. I think I really want to sit down and uh, show this to Addy. But it's a 12, and there are some 12s that I'll show it, and there's others I won't. Um, and, yeah, so, so I'm almost wishing that she's a bit. she was a bit older so I can start sharing other films with her.
0: <laughs> Grow <laughs> up, Addy. For God's sake, age quicker. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What sort of films spring to mind where you're like, mm, don't really want to show her that one?
1: Um, off the top of my head I can't think of any but literally I sit there at night I'll flick through Now TV or Netflix and go, oh that was a good film what's that, oh 12 well, that's a oh, twelve. That's a. and then I find myself going through like the family section, PG films and go I don't want to show her any of these no. these don't look any good
0: <laughs> I think some though, d- depending on um what the film is Depends why it's got a twelve. I think, Mm. doesn't it? I mean, twelve certificates. It could be a case of there's one f bomb in it, which I'm not being funny, but I'm pretty sure she's heard that at school. But you know, I'm I'm not saying you should go. Just listen to the swearing. You'll be fine. But you know, it might be that, or it might be there might be a clown in it, which for people who are scared of clowns that that would make it a twelve. But if Addie's not scared of clowns, then she'd be fine. Um, Or it could be. at the cinema, it was a lot scarier than it would be watching it at home with her mum and dad. So its it, I think it definitely depends on the film as but, to whether it's suitable for it to watch or not.
1: But one of the films I've watched in the in, in the last week, actually, um, with with my family, um, was rated a PG, but it's an older film. Yeah, The amount of times they say shit in that movie...
0: Which film was it? Because we can sort of segue into yeah. what we've watched as well now. So, um, Brewster's thing. Millions. <laughs> yeah, it is the language is terrible. It, that the,
1: the, yeah, the language. <laughs> Literally, every five, ten minutes, somebody is saying something.
0: Especially Richard Pryor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that he uses that as punctuation, doesn't it?
1: So, uh, <laughs> so, so, yeah. I, I find the older, the, well, the, the 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 back in more back in time I go with these films. Yeah, the the worse um, the language becomes in in a PG film. You watch a PG film now and they don't say anything.
0: I think what you've got to remember is back then, there was no 12. Mm. So I think it was, if I remember rightly enough, it was like Pelican Brief or something, which was in the 90s. That was the first 12 home release. Um, I can't remember what cinema one was. I used to know whatever that one was. But there was no 12. So, you know, there's not enough swearing in Brewster's Millions to be a 15. Yeah. So they're like... Kind of have to make it a PG. Mm-hmm. Um, what was I watching? The Ghostbusters. That's a PG. Yeah, like the con- some of the content and language in that, you're like, that's not really a kids' film. So it's quite, you know, there's some scary bits in it. The language is in it. There's some sort of sexual innuendo stuff in it. You're like, this is a PG. This is nuts. This is the same certificate as like, you know, Red of a Lost Ark. That's pretty violent mm. for a PG. Um, so it's is Indiana Jones, Your hearts getting ripped out, know, monkey brains and all that sort of stuff, and that's a PG.
1: Well, here we go. Just I was just um, looking it up on the BBFC website. Return to Oz, Wizard of Oz two. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen that film. I've
0: never but, seen it, but it's um, it's quite notorious, isn't it? That yeah,
1: one? I remember that film. Watching it, I don't know what at what age, but but fun memories of it in my in my head. You know, there's a character named TikTok, um it's like kind of a um a clockwork robot that um was quite appealing to me. Um this film is rated U Universal. Everybody can watch it, not a problem. The first five to ten minutes of that movie is Dorothy being committed to a mental asylum, (laughs) strapped to a bed and having shock therapy. Brilliant! I stuck this, I I had, I'd forgotten all about it, so I stuck this film on probably (laughs) 12 months ago and said to Addy, come on, watch this, Wizard of Oz 2, you'll love it. Oh, God. (laughs) Within the first minute, I'm going, right, Addy, what else shall we watch?
0: Yeah, exactly. You're you're not liking this, be told, let's watch yeah. something you and will like. And
1: she's saying, no, Dad, I want to see it. And I'm like, no, no, I'm going to switch this off.
0: Wow. <laughs> see, that's the hard part, isn't it? It's like, you're watching the film through, you know, your slightly older eyes and parental eyes, and she's watching it through child eyes, and we, you will both see different films, I think.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. I couldn't remember this from, from when I watched it and you know when i watched it i was probably 12 13 and i couldn't remember any part of um the kind of this um, asylum that dorothy was put in but i could remember kind of the the main part of the film you know further on so I, so to me that was a, a fantastic kids movie but I, I was completely wrong but but then to have the u label on it
0: it's, it's bizarre. It's, it certificates are very strange. I think. I mean, I remember watching Arachnophobia, which I've seen so many times. That's a PG. That thing is it? Um, it scares the living daylights out of me because I'm scared of spiders. <laughs> yeah, Because they too. petrify the crap out of me. If there was a film out there that just featured like balloons floating around, mm-hmm. that would scare the crap out of the neck because she's petrified of balloons. You know, she watches it, scares her to death. clowns <laughs> and balloons, fine. Somebody who isn't. And they watch it and they go, I don't see what all the fuss is about." So it's mm-hmm. uh, yeah, certificates are just a good guideline, I think. Mm. But I think it it makes sense for you to watch a film and then go, "Yes, I'll put that on the pile that Addy can watch." Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: And like I said, um, I mentioned on on previous podcasts, you know, um, we we've been to the cinema, we've seen kind of twelve A films and everything like that, all together as a family, and came out, and I was quite happy. You know, perfect film. Not a problem, but then uh, you comes along like Return to Oz. No chance. You can <laughs> you can watch it when you're 18. It's a very strange world, isn't it? <laughs> and it's
0: kind of worse with Netflix, isn't it? Because there's no. Oh. You could just go on and, you know, if you sort of left the room and went, "Addie, Netflix is there." You could just you could do it, she could click
1: on editing. Well, she's got a Netflix Kids account, which yes, kind of keeps it nice and friendly.
0: Brilliant because there's some horrendous stuff on Netflix. It's oh yeah. Like, oh my god. <laughs> terrible. So it's uh but yeah, so what else have you watched this week? I've watched a whole bunch of stuff this week.
1: which is right. great. Well, actually for me not a great deal. So obviously Brewster's Millions, that was my uh
0: I saw that cinema. I love that film.
1: I I it was one of those ones the the good old days of VHS where you recorded it off the TV and you had it in your collection um adverts and all. That that was me kind of growing up as a kid i had that um it's one of the pre-recording movies and i watch it quite a lot and i've just really enjoyed it i think i just secretly wanted you know 30 million dollars to squander in a month
0: it wouldn't take a month now would it just, well, exactly we just, we just put on a sci-fi convention <laughs> That's the really
1: i fun. said exactly um <laughs> the same to uh to nicole while we were watching it the other night i said i said that'd be easy she said, well, what, what would you do? I said, I oh, would have a great concert. You know, we'd have like kind of Robbie Williams, Taylor Swift and all these other people performing. I said, we'd have celebrities there just uh, at the after party just for fun. I said, it'd be great.
0: I, I remember watching that film and for years after. You sort of, you do, you. it's one of those films you watch it and you go, that's a really good film. How would I do it? Mm-hmm. How would I not end up in the same position at 5 to midnight that Richard Pryor did? <laughs> hmm. And I had like fleets of helicopters that I rented that would just be constantly, you know, they're, they're, they'd be grounded, but their the rotor blades would be going. They'd just be keep refueling them, keep doing that. <laughs> fleets and fleets of helicopters. That would burn the, off a lot. Of I,
1: I think the downfall of the film kind of viewed through modern eyes as well is the fact that there wasn't many rules obviously you weren't allowed assets so you couldn't go and buy something you know he yeah. couldn't buy um, a diamond ring and give it to a girl either because that's still an asset even though it was passed on mm-hmm. but he was quite happy and able to go out and say right i want you as my taxi driver i'll pay you ten thousand dollars a week or whatever so in which case walk outside and go right i want you as my personal chef how much oh 30 million for the month is that do you there you go.
0: You would just go out and you just rent like the most expensive hookers ever, just to sit in the corner of your house and just read the TV <laughs> times, wouldn't you? I just want to rent you for like a month, just sit yeah. over there and eat caviar or something. It would be very, very easy. I Call think. Call
1: Vegas, how much to take on the whole hotel? Okay, there you go. Yeah, exactly. Job and I'll just
0: fly all my friends out there and put the Robbie Williams concert on. I think it would yeah. be. Uh, they'd, they'd need to have more rules, I think. Mm. You know. So. But it is a great film. I do remember watching it at the cinema. So it's all right.
1: Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, Brewster's Millions. Um, I then watched, um, you know, obviously, I'm a fan of The Purge, love the TV series. Um, So I'd switched on. Um, I believe it was um, one of the Sky cinemas, Sky movie channels. And... um, the first purge was showing a film i'd never even heard of didn't know they'd come up with a um kind of a, a prequel to the the purge movie so uh, i was very happy yes. i uh, didn't listen to the one and a half stars out of five and uh, i uh, i watched the movie i enjoyed the movie and th- and thought why have you why are people rating this as a as a, as a poor movie so then i saw a friend um over the weekend and i thought these are this is the kind of person who's watched this movie so i said so i i brought it up in conversation they had watched it so i said what did you think he said oh absolutely shit i said oh. why what's wrong with it he said no no, no. i enjoyed it but it was shit i said th- i said, what? I, I said <laughs> now you've re- now you've really confused me explain so he said well i enjoyed the movie i like all the purge movies but the storyline was a bit predictable. And I thought, well, if that's the reason people are marking it down, what did they want? Aliens to come out of uh, space yeah. and join in or something like that? You know, it is predictable. I, I could see where it was going, but that is what would, would happen in real life. Yeah. So uh, yeah. so to me, I thought it was a great movie, um, fitted you know, in with the Purge series really well, and I really enjoyed it.
0: I mean, I wanted the the funny story about the first Purge is when it was on the cinema. I wanted to watch it because I love all the Purge movies. The mm-hmm. TV show hadn't come out at that time, so there was just this three of them, and I love them all. They're great. My favorite one is still the first one. Yeah, and and then they sort of progressively, even though they progressively get worse, I still enjoy them all. So it's mm-hmm. not like any of them really bad. Yeah. But um, Annette and I were going to go to the cinema one night, and she said, "Well, what do, what do you want to watch?" I said, "Well, like, can I? We can either watch." whatever this film was I can't remember, or mm. the, the First Purge is on. She went, oh, I've seen that. I'm like, what do you mean you've seen it? She went, we've watched it. I'm like, no, we haven't <laughs> seen it. It's just come out. She went, no, we've seen them all. And I'm like, no, it's it's called The First Purge. <laughs> it's not yeah. The Purge. She's like, okay, now i got it. So we went to see it. And I, it's certainly not a one and a half star out of five. No. I would probably give it a three. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that, I didn't come out of it thinking, wow, that was amazing give me more purge i did come out of that one thinking that wasn't as good as the other three because i'm just not a massive fan of prequels
1: yeah and the the thing for me is like i said i did see where it was going you know what i mean i go right the drug lord kind of 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 the neighborhood's kind of taking charge he's, he's getting suited up with the with his gang friends and they're going to take on these uh kind of um hired militia that the um, the new founding fathers have put together to make this a success Yeah, I saw it all coming but I was there going yeah I want to see it go on yeah. take them on beat them up kill them yeah.
0: that's the whole point of watching a film like that isn't it Yeah, it's familiarity but, but a slightly different spin on it if they'd have made exactly the same film as any of the other three those mm-hmm. same critics would go shit why? It's just the same as the others, isn't it? Yeah. So it's like these poor filmmakers out there trying <laughs> to do something different because everybody wants something different and they get battered for it when they do something different. Mm-hmm. So it's, only, it's a film I've only seen once and I probably will watch it again. I, I did miss the fact that Nathan Whitehead didn't do the music for it though because he's, mm. he's been on the podcast before, he's great as Nathan. And I, I love his music anyway, so it's a little bit sad that he didn't do the music for that or the TV show, I might add. Yeah. Um, but no, I thought the, th- the first Purge was okay.
1: Um, and then on from that, the um, the last film, like I say, it's only short for me, um, is uh, a Netflix film um, called Isn't It Romantic?
0: I've just added that to my list, actually. I have no idea have what you? it's about, but it's um, one of the Netflix originals, isn't it? So we it be, is.
1: So we'll uh, Stars it. Uh, Rebel Wilson. Oh, um, she makes me laugh. Well, to be She's honest, I haven't funny. watched a lot with Rebel Wilson in it, so... You know, she was quite new to me. I knew who she was. But yeah. but actually watching her act, it was very new to me. Uh, Liam Hemsworth as well as well is in there. Um, you know, and actually, it's a really good film. It's a really good concept. I'm sure somebody will say it's a rip-off of something. But it's, um, you know, she she kind of... It's one of those movies starts off with her as a kid. And because of something that happens to her as a kid romance is dead to her. You know, there's no such thing as romance. It doesn't exist. Then again, something happens and, um, she gets a bump on the head and then she's in romance world.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, and, uh, yeah, everything changes around her and, uh, it's, it's just a really good kind of funny film to sit through and watch. Um, cool. I think Netflix did a great job.
0: What sort of uh, certificate do you think it would be? Is there language in it, or is it definitely family friendly? Or
1: um, according to IMDb, it's a twelve. Right. Um, that's uh, probably a good place for it to sit. Yeah. You know, um, I'm trying to think back. Is there anything I wouldn't show Addy in it? Nothing comes to mind. But obviously, right. again, you remember the good things.
0: Because it's—I've seen a few things with Rebel Wilson in. I mean, she, she's been in Pitch Perfect and mm-hmm. um, Trainwreck. She was in. That's very funny. If you've not seen Trainwreck, no. and she's just she's a bit like Melissa McCarthy with the humor. Yeah. Where you go, Do you know what? You're in it. I like it. I know you're funny, so I'm going to enjoy it. She's kind of like that. And I think if you if you were to put Melissa McCarthy or, or Rebel Wilson in like a U certificate film, mm-hmm. it kind of neuters a lot of their sense of humor. Yeah. So that's why I was asking about a certificate. I don't need a reference in Jeff in left, right, and centre. But if it was a U, you'd be like, that's not quite You're yeah. sort of tying a leash on Rebel Wilson's humour. So I'm
1: I'm looking forward to that one now. Like I can't tell you some of the stuff because I don't want to I don't want to kind of spoil it for you. No. Um but once you've watched it, maybe we can pick up on it again and mm. you can see why actually, even though it's a twelve I probably wouldn't mind kind of sitting down and watching it with with my daughter.
0: I'll probably be watching it this week. So by the time me, you and Bob reconvene, Mm -hmm. it will be um, be one of them. Because I think I've got four Netflix originals to catch up on. Because I would try to watch all 90 that are uh, (laughs) going to be screened on there. And there's four that I'm slightly backdated on Mm -hmm. but all in all i'm enjoying what i'm watching of them so far some are good some are really not good we've watched maybe two or three where you're like you know what that's awful so we've bailed out of them within about half an hour but we've still given them a bit of a go but they are pretty much worth checking out
1: yeah uh, you know i hats off to them you know they're making a lot of original content um and they're signing up some pretty big names to them as well which is good um obviously um Bird Box got uh, Sandra Bullock and uh, everybody's still probably talking about that one now. Um, but yeah, fantastic. Um, I, I want to see more of Netflix originals after seeing kind of what's been coming out recently. Just a few. I
0: shall get you a list at some point because uh, on my <laughs> list of things that I watched this year, I have actually got a category, Netflix originals, so that I can track uh-huh. them and see how many I did actually manage to watch. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah it's good stuff. it's easy to watch as well. you just it is switch it up, done up and I,
1: I, yeah I, I like um you know the the interface can be a bit problematic only showing you what it thinks you wanna see, but I like <laughs> yeah. it when it comes up with something that it that it wants to push because that's the first thing you'll see. you'll have a big kind of tile and that's what it's pushing, such as this one, isn't it romantic? It was there, it was screaming at me, so oh go on, then I'll watch the trailer, yep, yeah, I'll watch this movie.
0: Exactly. There was another one as well I did last week, and I forgot what it was. But I'm like, "Ooh, that's on." So I've, for the life of me, I cannot remember. But I think it's it's kind of a biggish film that's mm-hmm. uh, that's popped on because uh, there's a website new to Netflix which mm-hmm. I jump on, and it will show you day by day what's been added, what's been removed, whether it's a Netflix original, sadly. So I just check that mm-hmm. now and again. But uh, yeah, Netflix does keep us out of trouble, doesn't it? It does. So uh, is that you're up That's to date? That's me. Watch that.
1: Okay. I'm done. You know, obviously um, I've kept up to date with um, the Orville. Um, the Passage? Uh, the Passage I'm st- still up to date on, so it's, uh, it, if I'm up to date with it, it, it's definitely big on my list. I'm slipping behind on Star Trek Discovery. I'm enjoying Season 2, but it still doesn't have me uh, wanting to watch it when it's actually um, kind of, as soon as it it becomes available um but things like the walking dead um at the moment i'm just fox is is keeping me glued to everything you know the passage (laughs) walking dead you know the orville is on fox so um yeah i need to start buying shares in fox or something like that pretty much as long as they don't cut any of it you know just leave it all going and all will be good
0: the sad news is, though, The Passage finishes at season one next week. Oh, no. Because we've because uh, we've,
1: we've, there's got still so much to, to explore. There's, well, I'm hoping
0: there's at least another two seasons, yeah. I'm getting <laughs> to that point where I'm getting quite nervous. It's like, oh, seriously, I, if I switch something on... I mean, Stephen King's even getting involved in tweeting for The Passage. Really? He put a tweet earlier on in the week saying he really, really loves the show. Come on, Fox, <laughs> bring it back. Um, he did say, we don't need the flashbacks for the main agent. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it did feel a bit like filler, which I can yeah. see where that was coming from. Other than the bit in the shop with the daughter, I thought that was, I yeah. enjoyed watching that. That was clever. Yeah. Um, but it was, was some nice to see needs.
1: what happened, you know, yeah. with his daughter.
0: And he's like, come on, Fox, double the budget. And I'm like, if Stephen King's getting involved and come on, just just mm. make it for him and me and you. Um, yeah. But it's it's got three episodes left. So this, uh, But next week's is a two-hour finale. So that's obviously the Ooh, episode, that sounds nine, good. episode nine and ten. I mean, that's how they're doing it in the States. So I'm guessing they'll be doing that here in the UK as well. Mm-hmm. But then it's finished. And um, I, it's early days yet, yeah, but I am working on, and they might be listening to this podcast. I'm not going to mention a name, cause, but somebody from The Passage I speak to on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a wonderful person. And I'm trying to get her on the podcast at some point just as a, as a guest. So um, so I'm quite happy about that. So it's periodic. I will try and interact with some of the passage people. And I'm, I'm making sure that I retweet the stuff from the official, the official passage thing. Because it's a great show. I'm really enjoying I,
1: it. And I have to say, actually, I've been really impressed with their presence on Twitter and how they've been at, interacting with the fans you know, because sometimes you don't get that, but they seem really involved in it. They seem to really enjoy it and want to share that with the fans, which yeah, is really it's nice. Not just,
0: it's not just the official account, is it? It's no. the cast members. Exactly. So it's, uh, it's clever. I like it. That's And that's the way it should be. Mm. In my opinion, anyway, it shouldn't just be, you know, they're not doing, just doing it for a paycheck, although yeah. a paycheck's quite nice to get, mm. or it would be quite nice to get. I'd love a paycheck. But they are obviously tweeting because they like the show. And they want other people to watch it and, and so on. But it finishes next week. I will be sad. So, so far, it's my favourite new show of the year. Mm-hmm. So, doing quite well. Um, so, what have you
1: been watching then, Stuart, other than well, The Passage?
0: I, I, fin- I can't remember what day I finished work the last block before. I think <laughs> I finished on the Monday morning. Yeah, I did. I finished on the Monday morning. So, I went out to Asda or whatever on the Tuesday. Mm. And, oh, that's just shown me her latest funky Lego thing that she's built. Like some sort of ship thing
1: that's pretty cool is this a, an official build or is this something
0: it's a, no it's an official one
1: uh, it's very
0: cool so she just wandered in she's obviously been building that in the other room that looks quite good I'll be lego instagram- is cool
1: we we enjoy
0: lego. lego lego hashtag not just for kids exactly um so i will probably instagram a picture of that later on but um where was i going with that one yes so i went to asda on the tuesday and um star is born to come out on DVD, and, mm-hmm. and I really wanted to watch that. But also the new version of Halloween Ooh. had come out, so I thought, you know what, I'm going to pick these two up because sometimes it's nice to watch the big films, mm-hmm. and I've missed quite a few of 2018. So I picked up Halloween, Star is Born, First Man, and Black Klansman, um, all the big sort of you know major films. So a yeah. <laughs> big pile of movies, and we managed to watch uh, all of them pretty much last week. So a Star is Born really good film Mm -hmm. uh it's not a musical it's a song about music so it's not the greatest showman yeah which is fine but if you don't like musicals it's all right it's very bradley cooper's great in it lady gaga's great in it it's not exactly the happiest film in the world oh you look at the cover and you go oh that looks well sweet that film (laughs) it's quite a serious drama but it's very very good so I would definitely check that one out. I've seen the original, well, one of the original ones where it's Chris Christopherson and Barbara Streisand mm-hmm. that, that were in those roles. And even before that, there was an old Judy Garland one back probably 30s, 40s or whatever, where, where she was wow. playing the blood, the Bradley Cooper role. Um, but I've not seen that one, but I've got it. But uh, Star is Born is very, very good. Halloween, I really enjoyed Halloween. It, it's kind of weird, though, because it's one of these sequels that is ignoring the other sequels. You know, it's, it's uh, quite common now, isn't it? Going, we're going to do this film, but we're going to pretend the ones that didn't make a lot of money, and yeah, people didn't like, or pretend they didn't happen. So now, so we've got a sequel to the 1978 Halloween film called Halloween. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, that's kind of a. That's confusing straight off the bat. So you got number one, number two, but they're both called Halloween. It's yeah. Uh it's kind of weird seeing Jamie Lee Curtis back mm. because we've. We've seen her in some of the other Halloween sequels. Very true. And it's like that's a different it's probably like watching the Star Trek movies where you go, which timeline are we on? <laughs> I'm really confused. I don't know which one we're on. But as a film, it's very, very good. It's very faithful to the original one. There's a few there's a few very, very subtle sort of Easter egg type things that throw it back mm-hmm. to the original John Carpenter one. Uh, it's the same guy that's playing Michael Myers that played him in 1978, which I think uh-huh. is a nice touch. Um, it's, yeah, John Carpenter's back doing the music. Very good. So it was very, very good. So I'm, I'm happy with that because I'm a Halloween fan. Uh, First Man starring Ryan Gosling. I'm still, I don't know what to think of Ryan Gosling. <laughs> I don't rate him as an actor. He was really good in Blade Runner. Yeah. 2049 because he was playing an android cyborg replicant Mm -hmm. whatever it was so he had no emotions whatsoever he's good at playing somebody that's not got any emotions (laughs) because i genuinely don't think he's got any emotions Mm
1: -hmm. i don't know
0: what it is and he was playing neil armstrong in this one and the scenes in there. there's a lot of scenes that are in the, the space capsules and they are terrifying because they're shot from inside the capsule so you, you'll hear the fire roaring and the, the mm-hmm. heat shields going, and the, you know that the rocket's moving. It God knows how fast it's moving, but it just shows you their faces inside this thing, and so it actually shows you what it would be like to be in that. And it's bloody petrifying. Um, and the scenes on the moon are amazing, but it's just him. I don't, know, I don't <laughs> know what it is. <laughs> I really, I don't know. A lot of people love him. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, you know, if you've seen Drive, Drive's an amazing film. Because he plays somebody who's pretty much emotionless mm-hmm. and just functions same in Blade Runner, and so if you want that guy, then get Ryan Gosling. But I don't know; it, it doesn't make you think. Do you know what? I wish I'd have met Neil Armstrong because he looks like such a lovely chap. He just looks really dull, <laughs> and I don't know whether yeah. he was. So if anybody's ever actually met Neil Armstrong, please let me know whether he's the same as Ryan Gosling in in uh, First Man because it's not. Yeah, the film itself's okay, but I wouldn't rush out and. I'd wait for it on Netflix and kind of Mm -hmm. watch it effectively for free. Um, The film I was worried about next is Black Klansman because I'm not a massive Spike Lee fan. Mm -hmm. I find him very preachy Mm -hmm. and very very militant and he's like this is my opinion, this is is how horrible white people are, you're all being mean (laughs) and stop being horrible to everybody throughout history And, and maybe that's what I mean, that's probably what he sets out to be and that's what he needs to do and Black Klansman wasn't quite that. It wasn't Spike Lee turned up to 20. It was Spike Lee doing a film that maybe had a few preachy bits in it, but it was it was about a, a black guy who went undercover in the Ku Klux Klan.
2: Oh, and fantastic. A true,
0: true story. And it's great. So you watch it. The film itself is really, really good. And it's... Uh, so what we've got Adam Driver in there, and I've forgotten who plays the main guy. I've not seen him in any films before that I know of but he has got a, he's a black guy, but his voice sounds like it could be a white guy. So he mm-hmm. ends up having telephone conversations with members of the Ku Klux Klan who <laughs> then invite him to join. So he's like, yes, not a problem, I'll join. So they send in Adam Driver to be the face of this voice who then a ah. the pair of them go undercover and try and you know, see what they can find out about the Ku Klux Klan. So it's, a, it's, it's a very clever film. It does go towards the end as once the film's concluded, there's a whole um, a little sequence that cuts forward to the Donald Trump stuff and mm-hmm. you know the fact that we have still got racist, horrible, militant scumbags running around the world who are just mean and horrible and driving cars into people and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it cuts forward to that, but that feels a little bit disjointed. But the film itself, Black Landsman, was very good.
1: Mm, interesting.
0: And the other, the only other film we watched. Was the Jungle Book from 2016?
1: Oh, the, the,
0: the so-called the, live action live action. One. yeah. Well, supposedly yeah, the one that was shot in a Los Angeles warehouse. However, it's very well. This clever. is the,
1: uh, the Disney one, isn't yes, it? This it's is not not, not the confused Andy. with the Netflix one.
0: No, it's not. It's not the Andy Circus. No, nope. this is the the proper Disney one. Yeah, which came out a few which years. Which I ago.
1: haven't seen. So obviously, I saw the Netflix Andy Circus uh, version.
0: Aha, you did. This is, it's really good, but it's, there's some dark scenes in it. There's, uh, I mean, we're all familiar with the Jungle Book storyline. And who's the, what's the tiger's name? Shere uh, Khan. Shere, Khan. Isn't it? Shere yeah. Khan. There's some scenes with him, and he's vicious. <laughs> I mean, he's a tiger, so he's, you know, he's going to be vicious. But there are some sort of animal fight scenes in that film that are vicious. Very vicious. And that, because we were watching the film going, this is great. And, you know, Sarah could show it to her, her daughter, and Rob could show it to Addie And, and you get to some of these scenes, you're like, Do you know what? I don't even know if I'd show these scenes to anybody. They're very intense. I mean, there's not blood and and guts flying everywhere, but the scenes are very intense. It's really mm-hmm. a good way to describe it. Which like, whoa, you know, it's it's grim. But the film itself is very good. It's uh, a lot better than I thought it would be.
1: Is there any songs in this one? Or
0: there are some songs. There's maybe there's some very subtle references um we do get a little bit of the bare necessities in there Mm -hmm. uh there's a a lot of the familiar disney song the jungle book songs are played over the end credits Mm -hmm. so it's not an all-out musical but there are a few lovely nods Mm -hmm. where you go oh oh, that's good that they've put that in yeah very good yeah christopher walken's in there idris elba um the kid is amazing who plays Mowgli mm-hmm. because the film was actually shot in a warehouse in Los Angeles wow. by, by John Favreau. And you watch it and you go, because right? I was talking to Annette about that and she went, yeah, but surely that bit's not shot in a warehouse. So I went, no, everything was shot in a warehouse. <laughs> the only live action thing in this film is the kid. That's it. Everything else, the water, the scenery, the sky, the everything fake. She's like, wow, that's amazing. And so to watch it on a technology viewpoint, mm-hmm. it's bonkers. It's very good, but, uh, you know, potentially maybe let Addy watch it, but mm-hmm. you know, just sort of keep an eye on her during these battle scenes, and you'll know them when they're coming. Yeah. But it's good.
1: That's definitely one on my uh, on my list then.
0: mm And uh, TV-wise, I've just been watching old stuff. (laughs) I've uh, I've finished (laughs) off Season 1 of 24. Mm -hmm. I'm currently working my way... Well, I've just finished this afternoon, actually. Season 4 of NYPD Blue. Mm -hmm. And we have just finished off Season 4 of The X-Files. So, uh, for some reason, there's lots of old TV shows that are being watched.
1: I think it's like me with the movies. You know, I I was looking for a, a nice family movie. I was going down the list... And there was Brewster's Millions. I thought, you know, let's go back in time, watch some of the classics.
0: Sometimes it's easy doing that, isn't it? It's mm. a comfort blanket. Go, you know what? I don't want to go to the restaurant and try something new. I just yeah, want pizza. Exactly. <laughs> I want cheese on your pizza. I'm fine with that. I'll have it. And it'll make me happy. So, uh, yeah, I, uh, I've been but going back, watching older stuff.
1: For me, there's, the, there is a time where I crave something other than CGI or yeah. cartoon. And with with family movies, a lot of more CGI or cartoons. So it's nice just to go back to some real people, real acting.
0: It is. I like to see a film that's a little bit raw as well, mm-hmm. where it's not a case of, you know, this film's been shown to a test audience mm-hmm. and it's got this scene in it because we know that you like these scenes and everything's <laughs> perfect. A lot of films nowadays, especially the high end blockbusters, are perfect. You might not enjoy them, but you know, technology-wise, everything's spot on. I don't mind seeing like, you know, continuity errors or no. or oh that was a bit weird editing or stuff like that and uh, sort of going back to Star Is Born even though it was a 2018 film it looked like it could have been made in the 70s which mm-hmm. I love that it looked like a proper movie
1: yeah
0: so it was good um, now you had a bit of a topic I did I like your topic why where did this topic come about what sort of plucked that one out
1: well for me very much like yourself. Um, thinking, well, let's use um, work to listen to something that I enjoy, such as panels of Sci-Fi whales. I kind of listen to one of two things when I'm at my day job. The first is uh, Your Great Podcast, and um, the second is usually soundtracks from films, because I have um, a little uh, Amazon device, I won't mention the name, because she'll
0: she'll She'll, she'll, she'll respond to me (laughs)
1: because there's one here in my office and um uh it's easier for me to put on a soundtrack than to think of individual songs or just to go for the easy things like play the 80s playlist because yes i've listened to that a million times and the songs stay the same um so Kind of, I, I go through stages of listening to listening to soundtracks from movies I've enjoyed, where I thought that's particularly good soundtracks. So I thought, what a good topic! Your top five soundtracks from movies, and that's where it came from. I've been thinking about this for for a couple of months now, but um, it's uh, something that I thought. Well, at one point, Stuart will say, "What? Well, got any ideas for a topic, Rob?" And uh, mm. I'll come out with it. But obviously, with tonight not having Bob. I just thought I'd mention it uh, earlier, and uh, here we are.
0: Exactly. That's a little mini topic, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. I, I did, I can't remember how long ago, it's probably well over a year ago, where uh, myself mm-hmm. did, did a podcast, and Sean, co host, sometimes we did like a two part episode where we actually went through our top 10 favorite movie score tracks. Oh. And then I edited all the tracks into those episodes as well. So Fantastic. They're like, they're like two hours per person. Um, I don't know if you listened to those when you were working your way down.
1: No, no, not but at all.
0: I may try and dig them out and I could send you the private links for those. That sounds but good. That was, that was a lot of fun. And then what I noticed on mine, because I went through it, I spent weeks going through this, going that track, this track, that track. And then when I played them all back to back, I noticed that they were all kind of similar. Mm-hmm. So, for some reason, the music that I tend to like, and I'll just listen to so many film scores. I've got hundreds of them, which I've ripped from the CDs and I put them on the iPod and stuff. Literally, pretty much any film you think of, I've got soundtrack for it. Uh, most of the Star Trek ones mm-hmm. got all them, um, uh, including expanded versions of them, which uh, you know, yep. you would enjoy. And um, th- th- it's just slow building stuff for me. Mm hmm. So it starts off quiet builds up to a crescendo and then finishes and I, I noticed we, so many we might tracks have that a few,
1: uh, a, a few uh, choices that are similar then or all the same
0: possibly. Mm. But no I've always been a fan of film soundtracks. I think the first one but well, probably the first two I ever listened to would be Star Wars because I think everybody yep. had to own Star Wars the blah blah one but then also Star Trek the motion picture. Mm-hmm. Was the one that I listened to a lot
1: yeah a lot the yeah. thing is with Star Trek stuff you know Jerry Goldsmith's been there from the beginning and he makes some fantastic music scores yeah um, and, and you really can't beat them you know I, I can quite happily sit down talk to my Amazon device and tell it to play me Star Trek stuff all day long and I'll be very happy Yeah.
0: So what have you got on your list? And I would find I've got five. I've got but, five. Uh, but if I but if I went down this list again tomorrow, mm-hmm. I would probably come up with three different ones to replace three of them. So it's mine's never ending because it depends what
1: it's one of those things as well. It. it it is hard. It's very much like when we did the comedy movies. Um yeah. it, the hard thing is actually remembering them because you can come up with five. And then somebody mentions another one, and you go, oh yeah, that'd be in my top five. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, for for me, it, it's remembering remembering them. So what I did is I went to um, I went back and thought, well, what soundtracks have I actually physically bought? Um, and uh, so um, I think most of my top five are soundtracks that I actually own because to me, if I've gone out and actually spent the money on them, there must have been something good about them there. That's that cool. kind of meant that I had to own them. Yeah. So, um, in no particular order, the first one on my list is Braveheart.
0: Yes, I it's love that. That's the, great. Yeah.
1: I remember watching the movie. I, I was always a big Mel Gibson film fan, so when Braveheart came along, you know, I went and saw the movie. The soundtrack on there is amazing, and the um, so so the you know, the album for that, you know, you've, you've got kind of short things that are like 20 seconds long and then you've got kind of your longer, big, big kind of scores, but it's just beautiful. It really is a a gorgeous soundtrack. Um, and you know, probably one that, that yourself have listened to, um, with saying how you like, what kind of music you like. Um, I presume you've listened to that one quite a lot.
0: I have that on my shelf. It was, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I went to cinema to see the film again for the same reasons, because uh, of Mel Gibson. Mm-hmm. I'll go watch it. It's a historical epic. I love Gladiator. You know, I think it's before. Was this before Gladiator as well, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, uh, I think That's it
0: was, cool. wasn't it? This was just before. I think because of Braveheart, we got Gladiator. Um, so it was a it was a big sort of epic action film, mm-hmm. uh, and the music by James Horner just. Blew me away. The only thing with that composer, though, you probably—I don't know whether you've noticed it, but you probably will notice it whenever you see anything else with James Horner. He's one of these that he has certain eras,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: every score sounds the same during that <laughs> era. So if you listen to Braveheart and then go listen to Titanic, yeah, which was also James Horner, they sound the same. Well, and then
1: <laughs> Titanic nearly made my five, but it didn't. Right. Um. Uh, because I prefer Braveheart. <laughs> hmm.
0: Yeah, I do. I mean, Titanic's a great score anyway, mm. but it's James Horner's one of those where like, you can instantly spot a James Horner score. And you go, oh yeah. Because in the 80s, you used to use all these steel drums. Yeah. And then every James Horner thing had steel drums in it. And then he got rid of that. And then the, the sort of nice, Titanic-y, Braveheart pipes came out. Mm-hmm. And then everything for a little while had those in it. <laughs> so you could instantly spot him. But now I'm a fan of James Horner's stuff. Unfortunately, he's no longer with us. One of the many composers who's gone. But yeah, Braveheart, good choice.
1: I think I was lucky enough to buy. Um, I think it was uh, VHS. It was the Braveheart movie. It was um, the the soundtrack, and I think some kind of collector's booklet. Nice. Um, I think um, most of that has been lost, but the soundtrack remains. Yep. so Actually, it
0: remains on my shelf as well good choice
1: um, the second one um no great surprise because um the greatest showman has been kind of my number one movie last year um so the greatest showman fantastic soundtrack fantastic movie i don't think we really need to say much more i think we've covered it um quite a bit in uh, kind of our time podcasting
0: I uh, somebody at work the other day I heard them talking about The Greatest Showman he's like never seen it <laughs> I turned around and went can I just ask why you've never seen it he went I don't like musicals I went okay stop right there I hate musicals I can't stand them I will avoid them like a the plague favourite film of last year great showman was amazing watch it and he's like i will watch it just if you recommend it I'm <laughs> like, do not. so do not be put off by the fact you hate musicals because i can't mm-hmm. stand them i hate them but yep. Watch that film so hopefully we'll watch it and you will enjoy it but the music is phenomenal on that
1: it yeah. is um and that is probably m- been my most played in the office since the film came out yep um next one on my list it's a star trek one surprise surprise and it's star trek first contact um again most of the uh the tracks on there by jerry goldsmith and fantastic tracks they are um with star trek one thing you'll know when you get to know me is jerry goldsmith can give me goosebumps yeah um he just has that ability i don't know if it's because he's linked with star trek in my mind or or what it is but i just have to listen to kind of the, the first few um kind of seconds of one of his tracks and kind of off go my arms um, so fantastic album but then you've also got um, the, the last two tracks on that album are Magic Carpet Ride by Steppenwolf <laughs> um, and uh, which obviously when uh, um, when they're blasting off on uh, on the, the first um, Warp Flight is played um, by Zephram Cochrane yeah. Um and then you've got Ooby Dooby by Roy Orbison. Of course, and yeah. <laughs> it, it's just fantastic that they can be included on a Star Trek um kind of soundtrack. Isn't it? Yeah. So <laughs> to me it it's a it's a cracking um soundtrack and, and well worth anybody's money. Um after that I have um one of my movie classics that I used to watch quite often um, in my younger years Dirty Dancing oh okay yep some fantastic tracks on there and the extended album this two CD version which I own yeah I um,
0: had those as single ones when they released yeah because they, they released Dirty Dancing and then more Dirty Dancing and yes. I ended up buying them both separately
1: um, fantastic because you get everything like um, the Kellerman song and um, <laughs> it, it's just a fantastic track it brings back the movie perfectly and um yeah um could quite happily um listen to that on a long uh, train journey and be very happy and uh, the final one on my list of five is um the Highlander soundtrack oh wow yep now to me you know obviously most of these things are queen so um you know you, you know the quality um it, 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 it's not bad at all Um, the fact, you know, you get things like who wants to live forever, um, which during I don't know if you ever watched the Highlander TV series, but you know, that, that got played quite a lot as a, as a soundtrack. Um, And obviously princes of the universe um, is another fantastic queen track, but, but the whole um, album is, is phenomenal. Um, And uh, again, um, well-deserving of a top spot.
0: Yep, these are all ones I've owned at some point, or (laughs) or still own at some point. We are very similar.
1: Um, I have two honourable mentions, and I think we've got enough time, so I can squeeze them in. Um, One um, being Top Gun. Um, Oh God, yeah, they're you know fantastic songs. Um, Definitely, um, you know, things to get your your blood pumping, and well. Yourself singing in the shower, really. Um, <laughs> yep. And um, the second one is not a soundtrack um, as such, but it is something I listen to quite regularly, and it's it's well worth listening to. Um, it's Jeff Wayne's musical version of the War of the Worlds. Okay, I don't know if you've ever heard the um, heard it or not.
0: I've heard but, both. Have you heard both versions of it? Have you heard the new one? I haven't. There is the reissue, I'm saying new one, it's probably about five years old now, but there is the classic one that we know with Richard Burton mm-hmm. and uh, Phil Lynott and all that mob. It was redone. Uh, Liam Neeson's in it. I forgot who else is in it, but they've redone it. But it's, the storyline's still the same, but they've just done it with new cast. So it's worth seeking out. So it's, uh-huh. it's still uh-huh. called Jeff Wayne's War of the Worlds, but just watch for it and you'll see Liam Neeson uh, so and stuff. Interesting.
1: Like interesting story, the the way I, I kind of came to to hear this uh, soundtrack was um, the first day of a job when I, when I was back working in Stoke. Um, I worked at a, a web company there, and uh, I'd applied for this position, got the job. My first day, I walk into the office, and um, the owner of the company, who was a big um, kind of geek himself, put this soundtrack on. And we listened to it pretty much the whole day, and it was just amazing. Um, And to this day, I'll still listen to it. It's such a good soundtrack.
0: It is great. Yeah, I was sort of introduced to that one, uh, I think, at school. Uh-huh. It was like a music lesson where it's like the laziest music lesson ever. Just put the record on it and I sat there and to it. But, uh, like the four sides, or whatever. I remember the artwork for the album, and that's why CDs make me sad because the artwork for The War of the World is amazing. It is. You look at it on a CD and it's tiny because it's a CD, it's not a full size, mm-hmm. you know, 12 inch LP. But, um, I do prefer the original. War of the Worlds, so the mm. one that you're familiar with but yeah. it's, it's kind of worth listening to the new one Yeah,
1: as, I'm as interested in as a pure that. sort of
0: curiosity thing
1: I might see if um, my Amazon device has it um, and if so, listen to that tomorrow um, Definitely, because, you know after The Greatest Showman, um, The War of the Worlds um, is definitely probably my second most played I, I can, can I call it a soundtrack? It's not technically a soundtrack, is it? It's. Um,
0: it's like it's basically an audio book. It is. It? Sort, but, sort but, of, but with like not a,
1: a lot like of uh, a... a lot of speaking. No, uh, but
0: no, I think you'd yeah. We'll, we'll we'll sort of we'll let that get away with yeah being a soundtrack. But if you haven't really heard
1: it, anything. really, you know, especially if you've got an Alexa device, it's free. Go and uh, tell it you want to listen to the War of the Worlds, and uh, off it'll play.
0: And if you really want to treat yourself, listen to it in the dark through big headphones. Oh. That's amazing. That's the ultimate way to listen to that is through headphones in the dark. <laughs> so just lying down on your couch or in bed or whatever. It's
1: great. And it is one of those uh, things though, that over the, the years I've been listening to it, I do pick out little bits that I hadn't picked out before. Yeah. So, mm. and that's because it's, really
0: it's It's, um, it's a, a story. It's an audio story, isn't it?
1: Yeah. You know, it, I would love to um, see some kind of visual put to it at some point. Well,
0: the the they, they, the reason for the Liam Neeson one coming out was because that is the re. It, they've taken it on tour, haven't they?
1: Yes, they did do that with
0: the, with the big holog. You know, not, I don't know whether the holograms or whether actual practical ones, but with the tripods and mm-hmm. all this sort of stuff. So I think that's where this Liam Neeson one came from because they thought, let's bring it. Up to date. Um so you can you know, at some point it still does tour. I've seen it sort of ah. semi recently where they've been putting this uh the shows on and stuff. So at some point I'd probably like to catch it, but
1: yeah, that'd be I just, that'd be I great. haven't
0: I haven't so far. So well I've got two Jerry Goldsmiths in my list. Ooh. So you'd be quite happy with that. I will and the first first one I've got is Supergirl.
1: Oh fantastic. Again, Stuff I hadn't even um, considered, but yeah, Supergirl has got some amazing tracks.
0: And even if you are not a fan of the film, which a lot of people aren't, I love it. I love it's it, yeah. Because I, I was, you know, saw that at the cinema, and I thought it was fantastic.
1: See, I was introduced to that young, you know, I'd watch Superman, and then, I don't know if it was one Christmas, or whatever, Supergirl was on, maybe I was eight years old, something like that. And it, it, to me, it was, yep, yeah, this is Superman, but but a girl, it's great.
0: Because he's in it. You see him in a poster. Yeah. So Christopher Reeve is actually in that film, uh, very sort of briefly. But the film's great. But it is one of, and if you look online at the best Jerry Goldsmith scores, mm-hmm. they usually do sort of credit Supergirl up there. Uh, uh. as one of the better scores. So that's really good. The uh, The other Jerry Goldsmith one I've got is a Star Trek one, Ooh. strangely enough. And it's Star Trek Insurrection.
1: Uh, it, it's got some lovely kind of slow... Kind of melody tunes on it that yep. that are just, well, Beautiful. again, gorgeous. Yeah, really, yeah. just yeah. really that,
0: nice. And that's the sort of the one that springs to mind. It's like the opening shot of the film. Yeah, where it pans down over the village and it's all nice, <laughs> and then it's, you know before stuff kicks off. And that theme that Jerry Goldsmith plays there is that's why I love Star Trek Insurrection. The movie, mm-hmm. I love the movie as well. That's I would it's hailed as one of the worst ones. No. But to it's, me, it's one of my favourite ones. It's
1: really good. Yeah. Because
0: a lot of people complained going, it's just like a long episode, isn't it? I'm like, yeah.
2: what's wrong with that
0: I'm, though? I'm I am alright with that. I don't yeah. need something different. Because the series was still running at that time, if I remember well enough. Um because <laughs> there's some sort of mention about war for DS9 and all that sort of stuff in it. So but, yeah, Star Trek Insurrection.
1: Yeah, it was always funny with Star Trek, actually. You know, as the as the new Next Generation movies came out and Worf had gone on to Deep Space Nine, well, how are they going to bring Worf into it in this one? Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, so yeah. Uh,
0: they manage. You get to see him go through pre-buty and everything. Yep. <laughs> uh, so I have uh, Hans Zimmer as my next one. and I'm mm-hmm. a big fan of Hans Zimmer's. so it was quite difficult to work out which one to put. But he did the score for a war movie, which I've mentioned on a podcast before. Okay. And it's the the Thin Red Line.
1: Ah, fantastic movie. Yep.
0: There is a track in that called Journey to the Line, which is, it's about eight minutes long. It's a monster of a track. And it's, it's, we saw him play it live when we saw him in Manchester. And the thing came on and I'm like, I'm about to get goosebumps because this is my (laughs) favourite Hans Zimmer track. And he's about to play it and he's over there. And it's a very slow building track and it's, you know, it doesn't have to rush because it's eight minutes long, but it's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It's very good. Uh, I love the film, and I love the music as well. So
1: Now, I can't remember the music. I remember loving the film. I went out and bought it on um, VHS, I think it was at the time, um, but I can't remember the music, so um, no. it's on my list. I'll see if I can listen to that tomorrow.
0: It's one of his, you know, you've, you've got the scores that he does, like Batman and Gladiator, where yeah. like, it, it kind of announces itself and then punches you in the face, going, mm-hmm. I'm here, listen to me. The the thin red line is very subtle. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like CG in Lord of the Rings, where you go, oh yeah, that had CG in it, didn't it? I didn't really notice that. I was too busy watching all the other stuff. Yeah. And the thin red line is, it, it's not got themes where you'll go, oh, i remember that music. You know, you're not going to... Tell, tap somebody on the shoulder and go, that thing you're whistling, is that from Thin Red Line? Yeah. Because there, there's nothing, but it's a perfect ingredient and the music is, it's very relaxing. So
2: mm-hmm.
0: I'll give it a go. Uh, the next two that I have are actually from the same composer slash group. Okay. Uh, M83. The the first one, I don't know if you're familiar with them or not, but you probably have heard of the two films that they've done. Yeah, of course. The, the first film they did, they combined with Daft Punk. And it's for Tron Legacy, ah. which I love. Tron Legacy, mm-hmm. people yeah. bash it. It's amazing. I love it. It's. I prefer that to the original Tron because <laughs> it's. It's more. It's other than the CGI de-aged Jeff Bridges at the beginning, which is pretty bloody terrible. But that's CG for you. Yeah, I think the music is amazing. Yeah, it's really really good, and that's one of the soundtracks that I listen to a lot. Uh, probably, I'll probably listen to it tonight because I've not listened to it in like a month <laughs> so they then re-teamed with the same director of Tron Legacy, uh, Joe Kaczynski who he's one of those filmmakers who I will go and watch a film if he's made it, he's not made yeah. many films he's now doing Top Gun 2 apparently Oh, generally I wouldn't get too excited about Top Gun 2 because it's not got Tony Scott behind the helm but mm-hmm. Joe Kaczynski's involved in it I mean, mm-hmm. and it's uh, Oblivion Starring Tom Cruise. Ah, the, the I like the
1: film. You uh, see, yeah, I like the the film, but again, I can't remember the soundtrack. So the I'm going. I'll go amazing. back and. Uh, well, what I'm going to do, you see, is tomorrow, in my day job, everything that you have uh, recommended tonight, mm-hmm. I'm going to stick on a playlist and start listening to it.
0: Nice, good. Well, get ready for this first one. <laughs> my <laughs> my all time. Without a doubt, favorite movie score, and I do listen to this weekly, mm-hmm. is Mad Max: Fury Road by uh, Tom Holkenberg. Yep. Oh my god, that means that's just that gives your ears goosebumps.
1: <laughs> yes,
0: brilliant, brilliant music.
1: And uh, uh, then, uh, for me, as soon as you mention Mad Max, then I'll think of Virginia Hay as well.
0: Exactly. Who's uh, who's leaving her Facebook page? So, but yeah, on no, the Mad Max Fury Road, Fury Road, there is one track called Brothers in Arms, which seems to combine a lot of the different themes. Uh, I never tire of living of listening to that track ever. It's probably five six minutes, but it's bonkers. Mm. So it's uh, I, I love the film anyway, Mad Max Fury Road. It's just like a roller coaster ride. But mm-hmm. That's easily my uh, favorite score, and then. When we did the um, the the top ten favorite tracks, I think "Brothers in Arms" from Mad Max: Fury Road was my all time favorite track. <laughs> um, TV wise, though, I've been listening to a lot of the the soundtracks from 24, mm-hmm. which are very good by Sean Callery, and also a lot of Game of Thrones music. Yeah, amazing.
1: See that to me, it sits in very much with like kind of your um, Brave Hearts and that kind of stuff.
0: There's a track and you'll probably get your wonderful Amazon de- device. <laughs> I won't mention her name just in case she can hear me. <laughs> no, she um, can't.
1: You can you can say it.
0: There is a track called Light of the Seven. Yeah. Which was I can't remember which season it was, but you will remember you're up to date on Game of Thrones. Aren't I you? am. You will remember the episode it was a lengthy sequence at the beginning of an episode and it it, it culminates in a one hell of an explosion with all this green stuff just just obliterating this yep. entire sort of amphitheatre full of people who thought "Yeah, hey, we're all here for a conversation oh crap we've just been stitched up mm-hmm. and the whole the bit of the music and it's I think it's like nine minutes and it's, it's on screen and that's the light of the seven mm-hmm. so there's a lot of plinky plink piano music and there's choirs in there and everything and it's amazing that piece of music so that's from TV scores I think um, that would be my favourite but honourable mention to the theme song from DS9 I great. I never tire of listening to that one Can I ask
1: you then, going back going to Deep Space Nine then mm. original theme or the kind of jazzed up theme after Worf jumped on board Um, Probably the slightly jazzed up one I think, I can't
0: yeah. really remember them too much mm-hmm. uh, I mean I remember the theme but I don't remember the differences between the themes but I think it was the sort of later ones that I preferred.
1: Yeah, they they basically went and added more to them to make them a bit more kind of edgy.
0: Yeah, they did. A bit more oomph, I think was yeah. added, wasn't it?
1: So mm. but,
0: but it's a lot. So you've got a few soundtracks to listen to tomorrow.
1: I have it'll give me something to do.
0: I'm gonna spend part of my tomorrow watching Bohemian Rhapsody, which I picked up on uh oh. on DVD, which yeah, I'm sure it's good.
1: Apparently it's the good. soundtrack's amazing.
0: Yes, I'm sure you would hope. Yep, <laughs> you would definitely hope. But I'm looking forward to the film. Yeah, and you know I'm not going to mention who directed it because nobody nobody has. I think Bohemian Rhapsody has become the first film ever to win multi Oscars when nobody mentions the director's name because <laughs> he's a big old rapist. Um, so yeah, but, so people don't like him. So it's the, the film's getting lots of praise, but nobody's mentioning the director's name. Mm-hmm. So. As that's the way it should be. And I'm also going to spend probably about four hours over the next few days watching a, an HBO documentary called Leaving Netherland, Neverland, um, which is a four-hour documentary. It's actually on um, UK TV over two nights. I think it's Channel 4 that's showing it. I think it starts Wednesday and then it'll conclude on Thursday. And it is, I don't know how many people, but it's it's an expose of the Michael Jackson um, charges shall we say mm-hmm. and a lot of people who have watched this have said th- this This documentary is so convincing that we kind of doubt that anybody will go do you know what I, I don't think he was I think I think he was alright I think he was just misjudged supposedly this documentary is like yeah he's pretty much Yeah, we think he was mm-hmm. so it probably won't be a fun watch but it, that's it showed at the Sundance Film Festival the other month and then the sort of waves were coming out as all these people saw this thing and the Jackson family were obviously phoning their lawyers up and all this sort of stuff but it sounds like a pretty powerful documentary so I'm going to give that a go so I'll let you know what that's like Mm. Um, I'm also going to try and watch Isn't It Romantic? so we could talk about that on the next podcast
1: I think you'll Um, enjoy it
0: and as long as Bob's back we will try and do our uh, top five geek moments of our lives
1: that sounds very good
0: should be fun. So what are you up to for the rest of the evening? Not much. You're going to retire.
1: Uh, I'll probably have a look at what's on TV. I think I've got one episode, actually, of the Orville that I do need to catch up on. So that might be a good one. Um, yeah. I've got a few episodes of um, Discovery to watch. So, yeah, probably a bit of TV tonight. Not a movie, nice. but TV.
0: Exactly. Sometimes, I don't know. Do you prefer watching movies or TV?
1: The thing is, before I came on the podcast, yeah. literally... Ninety-nine percent of the time, I would watch the TV. Only since being on the podcast have I had to up, up my movie game.
0: What? Well, and here's a genuine question for you as well: Do you are you happy that you've upped your movie game, or do you kind of miss watching yeah. The TV?
1: Yeah. I, I miss it in a way, and yeah. sometimes like I fall back into it. So I'll be watching TV, TV, and then I think, oh, I've got a podcast in a few days. Better watch a movie.
0: Yeah, but I think the thing is, though, it's like if you were to show up every week and all you've watched is TV episodes, I think that's fine. Because mm-hmm. I'm kind of the other way around, where I watch more films than TV shows. And I'm trying to tip the balance, because it's not easy. As, as you know, it's not easy trying to watch stuff no. for a podcast, because you've got real life going on as well.
1: I think the problem I've always had with movies is I find it harder to find a movie that looks good than to find kind of TV content because obviously you find something um, you know the passage or the purge or for me the walking dead and you've got an episode on every week so you know I like that so I'll watch it next week I'll watch it the week after I'll watch it the week after a movie, obviously, you you're pretty much only going to get one unless you you're like me and you come across Kick-Ass and you think, oh, I've got to watch the second one now. Ooh, it's Fast there. and
0: the Furious, yeah, got yeah. eight of them. Yeah, so
1: um, <laughs> so you know, only you know, only rarely do you find a movie you haven't watched and then there's a second one already there or a third. Um, so yeah, I find it hard finding movie content. Um, but
0: don't, but don't ever feel the need that. Because you're on a movie I mean you're on a Geek House podcast now, so True. it's not not technically a movie podcast anymore. But don't ever feel the need that you have to watch film over TV because you're gonna show up on a podcast. Because you can educate me on television mm-hmm. because you'll probably watch more T V than I watch films and I watch more films than you know you do sort of thing. Um so you know, just just generally watch whatever you choose. And if if you choose not to watch it, just bring some content. Yeah, bring some bring some movie news or TV news or, or something like that, and we'll just keep it all mixed up,
2: won't we?
1: Well, I've got a wish list at the moment of um, things that I want to share with with Addie, obviously, um, because it's quite nice going back to things that I used to watch and enjoy, and getting it to share it with your daughter. Yeah. Um, and one of the things I've got to look if they've made a, a box set, they must have. Um, is um, the Alf TV show alien life form? Okay. Um, yeah. I used to love that when I was younger, yeah. so uh, I really want to show that to her. I'm sure, you know, who doesn't love like kind of a cute, fluffy alien?
0: I'm pretty sure there is a box set. I've seen one. I don't. I, I can't remember when I saw it, but I've seen, and that would be the only reason that show gets mentioned on a on a press release site, wouldn't it? Is if mm. something's coming out about it. But I'm pretty sure there is an Alf.
1: So, uh, and obviously, you know, I've got the, uh, the sci-fi news website. So if anybody's listening and you are, you know, producing something, you are marketing something, let me know. Send it my way. If it how, fits how, into that. How
0: did he send it yet? You got to tell them that part.
1: Well, they they can just go over to the sci-fi news.net, uh, website, sci-fi all one word, no hyphen news. Again, stick it all together. Dot net. And, uh, yeah, there's uh, contact details on there. They can, uh, or, yeah, that's that's probably the easiest way. Or hit right. me up on Twitter.
0: Yes, exactly. Mr. Mr. R. Dyer. Mr. R. Dyer. Not Mr. D. Dyer. No. Because you'll get taken to a whole different person. Although, you know, Say, both cool people. Saying that, he
1: might well, like you know. sci-fi. He still might like you to send him something.
0: Well, I've got three Dyers on my, um, my timeline now. I've got you. Yep. So, Mr. Robert Dyer, I've got Mr. Danny Dyer, and I've also got Mr. James Dyer, who works for Empire Magazine and does the uh, Pilot uh. TV podcast. So we're all yeah, coming out I'm, the
1: woodwork, obviously.
0: I'm collecting a a, a Dyer list, so <laughs> you know, I may have to uh, create one. Just put put you three Dyers in there, mm-hmm. and uh, I, can, I can retweet all your stuff. So. Um, but yeah, thank you very much, Rob. I know thank this is, you. People will get confused because go. I thought your shows were on Sunday, but it's it's my night shifts that are creating a bit of havoc for those. So for the next couple of weeks, it will be recorded at different nights. But then, you know, a couple of weeks after that, then we'll jump back to the Sunday one. But uh, I think this has worked out quite well, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, nice little mini topic. And uh, next time, hopefully, Bob will be back with us, and uh, we we can be talking about our geek moments. Exactly.
0: Will you enjoy your evening, Rob? You hope too. You, hope your your back gets all better after your uh, your your collision. Yeah. And uh, I will chat to you throughout the week.
1: Sounds good. Thank you what very you much.
0: Do? No problem. Take care.
1: Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.